Hi, this is Colin McCallan. Thank you for listening. Please do us a favor and leave us a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe so that you don't miss any future episodes. Thank you. Welcome to Is This Legal? Here are your hosts, attorneys Colin McCallan and Russell Hebbets. Hello, hello, everyone out there. Welcome to another episode of Is This Legal? My name is Russell Hebbets. I'm here with my partner, Colin McCallan. Hey, everybody. How's it going? We are coming to you from Denver, Colorado, and today we are going to be talking to you about, we're, we're going to be taking you to South Carolina to talk about the massive legal saga that has wrapped up that whole state and everyone, a lot of people in the whole country have heard about this. This is the Alex Murdaugh saga. Yeah. You can't just say the Alex Murdaugh case because they're... It, like you said, it's a saga. There's a lot of cases. There's a lot of moving parts here. Uh, there's a lot to cover, Russ. Yeah, and we're going to go through, we're going to give you guys a top line coverage of this saga. And I'm going to keep calling it a saga because that's what, it's like Star Wars. Right. It's a saga. Well, well right. Like, and, you know, like, eventually they're going to release like this next trilogy too. Right, so like this is just the first Three movies, I, you know, yeah. Three are coming down the road. I, I feel like there's going to be a total of nine movies about this. Yeah, and hopefully J.J. <laughs> Abrams, J.J. Abrams doesn't get involved. Like I don't know. I don't. Yeah. I don't love the direction he took the series. I'm just that, gonna hot that, take out there that, for everybody. That that section was not the best. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but so if if anyone has been following this stuff, you know, this is going to be really top line for anyone who has not been following this stuff. You're just going to have your appetite whetted, and you're going to want to dive in. And there is a lot out there on this subject. Yeah, and, and by the way, if you live in South Carolina, you're probably like, well, the, well, these two guys just shut up about this right. case because I get inundated from <laughs> from everyone else. Everybody in South Carolina is talking about this case. It's probably the biggest murder trial in South Carolina history is what I, I read in one newspaper. Well, I'm, I, I have no doubt about that because Alex Murdaugh, his family goes back generations in the area. His father, his grandfather, his great-grandfather were all lead prosecutors yeah. over a huge area in South Carolina. Yeah, their like, title was solicitor. That's so, what they right. call them down there. And this this encompasses the 14th uh, judicial district in South Carolina is what they call it. And 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 this family, the Murdaugh family, like Russ just said, was they were the, basically the prosecutors for about 90 years. Yeah, as far as legal circles go, they were royalty. Yeah. Okay, generational royalty down there. So... So how did we end up here? Because here's where we ended up with, right now, Alex Murdaugh is in a murder trial. <laughs> I mean, I mean Colin, Colin, you can't spell murder I mean, if without murder. If, if I'm the prosecutor, that's in my opening statement, right? I mean, murder, murderer, coincidence? I think not. I rest my case. And then he probably so, sat down. Ladies and gentlemen, you've heard enough. Yeah, so, so let's, let's kind of go through... Going back to 2019, Colin. Actually, and, I think we're going to go back a little further than that. Um, for, oh. First of all, um, th th there is quite the setup that we feel like we need to provide the listeners. And, and folks, I'm sure a lot of our listeners, you probably know about this case. There are podcasts about this case. Uh, there are entire series, t TV series on this case. So this is like um, big time true crime stuff. But 
for those of you who don't know, we're going to at least give you the background information that we think you need to know in order to understand the full scope of this murder case. So first of all, Alex Murdoch, he's 54 years old. He is accused of murdering his uh, wife, Maggie, in uh, July of 2021. She was 52 when she died. The couple has uh, had two sons. They've got a son named Buster, uh, who's 26 years old, and uh, a younger son named Paul, who is deceased. We're going to talk about him. He was 22 when he died. He's the other murder victim. Exactly. Those are the players that you need to know. Now, we're not going to talk about this murder yet. We're going to talk about some events leading up to it. We're going to go all the way back to um, the bizarre death involving a person named Stephen Smith. Uh, Stephen Smith was found on a road near the Murdoch family property, um, dead from blunt force trauma. Um, it looked like uh, he, he, he had obviously suffered many, many injuries that, uh, that caused his death. Um, and when this was originally investigated, it was treated by the coroner as a hit and run accident where no suspect was ever found. Um, in recent years and months, there has been a new investigation into this guy's death relating to his involvement with Buster, the older son, the older Murdoch son. And it's alleged that this guy, uh, that Buster may have been in uh, a, a romantic relationship with the victim, Stephen Smith, and that this relationship somehow ended up with Mr. Smith getting beaten and killed and left on the road near the Murdoch property. And this is all speculation, Complete right speculation. Buster has not been charged with anything. Right. Um, this case was closed to hit and run, but I only mention it because in the wake of all of this, this case has been reopened for investigation by the main law enforcement division in South Carolina. All right, what else do we have? Uh, Russ, why don't you take over and talk about Gloria Satterfield? Who is Gloria? So Gloria Satterfield was a longtime employee of the Murdoch family. She was a housekeeper. She was a housekeeper for over two decades with the family. She was reported to have fallen down the front stairs of the family's hunting property in February of 2018. She died about two weeks later, having never regained consciousness. Now, that case was closed as an accident, but there was an insurance policy. And Gloria Satterfield's two sons claimed and filed a civil suit against Alex Murdoch, saying they never received that settlement. Well, th this is the super weird part, Russ. So <clears throat> there was an insurance policy. It was worth several million dollars. And uh, Alex apparently urged the sons. Ten months after Gloria Satterfield's death, uh, he urges the sons to pursue the claim. Um, he tries to facilitate them uh, claiming the uh, on the life insurance policy as the beneficiaries. Russ, what happens? Well, ultimately, the uh, sons ended up filing suit, civil suit against Alex Murdoch, claiming that they never received their settlement. Who got the money? They're saying Alex did. Yeah, th th there are allegations, and, and, and apparently he has confessed to this. Um, Alex somehow used another lawyer to divert the life insurance funds that would have gone to these two sons, and he pocketed them themselves. And Russ, we're talking about $4.3 million. That was the settlement. He, he uh, apparently settled with the sons 
for $4.3 million to pay back. And, you know, it's it's worth, obviously, we're talking about large sums of money here. We talked about a hunting lodge. The, the Murdoch family has multiple real estate holdings all over South Carolina. They have this uh, hunting lodge, which is just the sprawling estate. They have a beach house. They have they have a lot of property. They have a, I mean, this is generational wealth, mm-hmm. like yeah. we talked about. V- very connected family as well. Okay, so uh, Gloria Satterfield, again, just to keep everybody straight, that death happened in 2018, all right? So now we're going to jump forward to February of 2019, specifically February 24th of 2019. Um, Paul Murdaugh, the youngest Murdaugh son, and five of his friends were out boating one evening. And Paul got extremely drunk. They were piloting Alex's boat. And um, after he got very, very intoxicated, he ended up crashing the boats uh, into a bridge. Remember, six passengers are on board. And Mallory Beach was a 19-year-old passenger. She was killed. She was tragically killed in this accident. She was the only one who was killed, but uh, the other survivors suffered serious injuries. So two months after that, uh, Paul Murdaugh was charged with boating under the influence causing death. And uh, so he was charged criminally, but he was also exposed to a civil lawsuit. Uh, the family of Mallory Beach filed a wrongful death lawsuit against Paul Murdaugh, also naming Alex and Maggie Murdaugh, his right. parents, as co-defendants, in addition to the uh, liquor store that sold uh Booze to uh, apparently someone who was underage. That's what they were drinking that night, and that and that's key because that put pressure on Alex Murdaugh to reveal details of his finances. Right. Okay. So um, this is a really key thing here. Um, whenever you sue somebody, um, uh, the, the the subject of damages is going to come up, and how much, how many damages can a can a person pay? Okay. That that's going to be an assessment that lawyers use to figure out liability and how to settle a lawsuit, okay? Now, here you're talking about a very, very wealthy family. And what this lawsuit meant when Alex became named as a defendant, that meant that the plaintiffs, uh, on behalf of Mallory Beach, they would be able to have a lot of access to the financial records and holdings of Alex Murdaugh and his family. And if there was anything illegal or shady in those finances, Russ, that would come to light in this lawsuit, right? Right, if, if the books were, as they say, being cooked. Right, okay. So um, now we're going to actually jump forward to the murder. Everybody was like, are you guys going to get to a murder here? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we, we are. Yes, we are. Um, June 7th, 2021, my wedding anniversary date, uh, well, to be specific. Love. I mean, congratulations, but I don't know if you needed to associate that with a double homicide. I, I, I didn't. <laughs> um, yeah. As, Hopefully Erica doesn't listen. <laughs> I'm probably going to get in trouble later. I don't think she does. Uh, so, um, all right. Anyway, on June 7th, 2021, Alex Murdaugh, at his sprawling hunting lodge estate called Moselle, places a call to 911 after 10 p.m. to report that his son Paul and his wife Maggie had been shot to death 
on their property. I, it's unclear whether or not he called it in, in as uh, as knowing they were dead or he he was just reporting a shooting. Either way, they were they were deceased on scene. Yeah, I think he said it was bad. It was very bad. Right. Um. So this took place at the dog kennel portion of the property. You know, Russ, we all have a dog kennel portion of our property. You know, oh, yeah. you know what that's, that's like, right? That's on my uh, back fifty. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, you, you, your back fifty. Oh, yeah. I actually have a dog kennel on uh, all of my properties. Uh, no big deal, Russ. But. Yeah, I mean, I mean, back back fifty feet is what I'm talking about. <laughs> I mean, that's acceptable. No, but anyway, uh, but yeah, this happened near the dog kennels. Uh, both bodies were found um, about thirty feet apart from each other. Uh, multiple gunshot wounds, including. Uh, both were sh- well. Uh, Paul was shot in the chest and shoulder, um, and then Maggie had been shot in the head, execution style, according with, to the forensics. With two different guns, yeah. too. Paul was shot with a shotgun. Maggie was shot with a rifle, I believe. Yeah. You might be wondering were there guns on the property? Yes, there were. This was a hunting lodge. Hunting lodge. Um, so there were a lot of firearms associated with this case when police came on scene. Now, Alex claimed that he wasn't there. Right. Uh, he, he, this this is essentially an alibi defense. Yes. His, his his team is saying uh, he wasn't there, and you know, number two, there's no way he could have murdered his family this brutally. This is horrible. This is heinous. This is not Alex Murdoch. So that's kind of the defense that we're seeing. And again, this case is going on uh, going to trial right now. But Russ, we're not done with our timeline. Uh, was was Alex charged right away? Uh, right after these killings, he was not arrested right away. In fact, it took roughly 13 months for him to be charged in that case. Um, it's a long time. It, it is a very long time. So, you know, let's, let's kind of move back from his arrest because his legal troubles were not over. Uh, he, he, he had these ongoing since September 3rd. He was forced to resign from his family law firm after partners said he had misused millions of dollars from clients and the firm. Right. Okay. So the following day, so he now... That's September 3rd of 2021. Yeah. Two months after the murders. Two months after the murders. And remember, this is this is like his identity. He's a generational attorney. He's now forced out and he is basically disgraced, mm-hmm. right, in the community, mm-hmm. in the legal community. So he does the, the logical thing, Colin. On September 4th, he basically tries to, he hires his cousin Eddie Smith. Cousin Eddie. <laughs> go yep, old, old cousin Eddie. Old crazy cousin Eddie, whom he has, who he's been a prior client of his, and who it turns out was his drug dealer, because Mr. Murdaugh apparently has a significant pill problem, an opioid addiction. Mm-hmm. He talks to cousin Eddie and says, Cousin Eddie, things are going bad. I, I can only assume this is how the conversation goes. We don't actually have do, this recorded. you want recorded. me to be Cousin Eddie? Yes. And you be Alex? Okay. Uh, I like this. Cousin Eddie, things, things really aren't going good for me. I've had a couple family members killed. I just got um, dismissed from my law firm. I have all these lawsuits on, investigations going on. I really just want out, and I want out cleanly. What, what do you think? Alex, Cousin, cousin Eddie here. Um, first of all, first of all, you've come to the right place. All right, uh, I, I, we can take care of your woes. I'm looking for solutions. Here, here's what you, I've got a solution with a capital S. Okay, here's what we're gonna do. You pretend like you're changing tire. I'm gonna be a bad guy. I'm gonna sneak up behind you. I'm gonna shoot you in the head. You're dead, uh, and all of your uh, money, your life insurance policy is gonna go to your son. Uh, how about we do that? Does that solve uh, your problems? I mean, I mean, that's perfect. I do think that it was probably. 
Murdaugh's idea. <laughs> Are we stepping out of character? Or can I, yeah, can yeah, I we're out of character. I feel like you should be Cousin Eddie for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> you should also sound a little crazy. First of all, we, we all have a Cousin Eddie, right? I mean, Every, does everybody have a cousin that you could co- you could contact in order to fake your own death? I mean, we all it, have it, right? It's At least a crazy uncle, it's right? It's just crazy. So basically, Alex solicited his crazy Cousin Eddie to shoot him in the head so that his remaining son, Buster, could get a $10 million life insurance policy, but it went terribly wrong. Yeah, because um, Cousin Eddie apparently isn't a very good shot. It's terrible, <laughs> even, even with a consenting target. Um, so, yeah. Uh, he, he gets grazed Alex, in the head. Alex survives. He He's barely injured. I mean, he has a superficial wound to yeah. his head. His attorney said, well, his skull was fractured and he said, no, Alex was actually the one who called 911 on himself, basically to report this and he just suffered a minor uh, abrasion. So yeah, Buster never got that $10 million. By the Bust- way, can we, can we talk about the word, the name Buster for a second. I mean, I got to tell you, maybe, maybe I'm prejudiced and I'm sorry to all of our listeners named Buster out there, but if your name is Buster, I just kind of feel like you're up to some shady shit. I just kind of feel like Buster's always trying to get out of something, right? Does anybody know a law-abiding Buster? I mean, the only Buster I know is Buster from Arrested Development, if anyone watches that series. And I mean, so my my association is Buster's just hilarious. (laughs) I mean, if your name is Buster, you're kind of a doofusy, hilarious dude with a hook for a hand. Great show. Forgot about that buster. I'm more thinking of like the, the schoolyard bully, the guy, either the ringleader, you know, the, yeah. the, the, the guy named Buster. Like, hey, it's always you, a guy named you, Buster. You better show. straighten out, Buster. You're Buster Brown. You're in trouble. <laughs> All right, enough yeah. about Buster. Anyway. Uh, so I lost my train of thought, Ross. What, what the hell were we talking about? So we're talking about the fact that this suicide plot failed. Buster did not get his money. Um, shortly after calling the police and saying, yeah, some random person tried to shoot me as I was changing my tire. Uh, Alex Murdoch confessed to the whole thing. Yeah. And he's being prosecuted for this as his cousin Eddie, uh, for, you know, basically this fraudulent insurance scheme where they tried to build 10,000, $10 million for Buster. So that happened two months after this murder. Talk about like sex, drugs, and rock and roll, right, Russ? This thing has it all. Well, we we haven't gotten to rock and roll, roll, but uh, (laughs) but it does have drugs and it has murder. Talk about drugs and murder. This one has it all. (laughs) It's got dog kennels. It's got got dog kennels. Um, Okay, so Russ. is this a good time to take a break? I think it is. Let's right. let's play Is This Legal? We have a great guest. And then on the flip side, we're going to come back and we're just kind of go through uh, detail for you all of the different criminal cases and civil cases that Alex Murdaugh is facing right now. It's going to take and some time. Let's just say it's been a bad couple of years <laughs> for Alex. Yep. All right. So stay tuned. Our guest today is Dave Pulliam. Dave is a longtime friend of mine. We were in a band together called Brother Down a few years back. You may have heard of us. Uh, we had a few hits. Uh, we played a few shows. No big deal. Uh, but look out for a reunion tour that might get us on the road sometime soon. Um, I'm, I'm looking at you, Branson, Missouri. Uh, these days, though, Dave has, has dialed back on the rock and roll lifestyle a bit. Uh, he lives in Charleston, South Carolina, and he works as a clinical mental health therapist. He's also a husband and a dad of a seven-month-old daughter. 
probably not getting a lot of sleep right now. So uh, let's give a big, big welcome to Angry Dave Polium, as we used to call him. How you doing, Thank Angry? You. Thank you. It's great. It's great to be here. I, I feel well. Thank you. It's good. Good, yeah. good to have you, Dave. So how goes the therapy biz these days? I can tell you business is good. <laughs> <laughs> a lot going on with a lot of different people, right? That's very correct. That's where you're coming in, right? Everybody's seen the news, right? So, yeah, business is good. Yeah. I would imagine things really kicked into gear in the uh, pandemic for you. <sighs> to a whole other level. I mean, that was when we were seeing uh, waiting lists that were years long. Wow. Man, I- well... Glad you're taking care of those folks, man. I'm glad there's a kind of uh, you know people like you who can provide those resources. That's great, and I'm, I'm glad you're pushing through it with a seven month old. I tell you, uh, Dave, I had my um, firstborn right when we were starting Habits and McAllen, and I mean, I was coming into the office just a zombie for about six months when just I was getting no sleep and I was trying to start a new business. And so I empathize with you. My heart goes out to you, Dave. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it can be a slog. I never used to drink caffeine during sessions, but sometimes I do now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, just out of curiosity, Dave, how has life changed for you since being in one of the biggest and greatest bands of the 21st century? (laughs) I'd say there's a lot more, uh, notoriety uh more people asking <laughs> questions than whether they really want this guy to be their therapist or not <laughs> okay <laughs> well I, I would imagine you get stopped on the street you know from time to time um as, <laughs> as, as of course i do um i mean how, how do you how do you how do you let people know that you're interested in more of a quiet lifestyle as opposed to that uh, rock and roll lifestyle that you were once so engaged in oh that's a good question um I think I think that my hairline kind of speaks for itself a little bit. That, that it has toned down a little bit. Um, it's not the uh, full black wig that I used to wear as uh, the Incredible Hulk. Ken, <laughs> uh, that's for that's the that's the uh, the Broloween show that I believe we had back in two thousand eight. Yeah, yeah, you can find it on the internet. Again, and, no big deal. And, and for anyone, any, anyone out there listening. They may be just ever so slightly exaggerating the the fame of Brother Down, but well, I'll, I'll let the viewer, you know, yeah. judge for themselves. I agree with you, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, what, what do you think? Who let this guy on the podcast? What do you mean We're playing it down? All right, well, wow. Dave. I guess he's you, not a fan. Yeah, Dave. Are you ready to play Is This Legal? Yes, sir. (laughs) All right. Here we are. We have our two friends back in the mix, Dave, Jebediah and Cornelius. Jebediah is out one day testing the newest wagon wheels that he just finished crafting. He wants to put some miles on them, so he drives his wagon to the neighboring county of Northamptonshire. Cornelius happens to also be in Northamptonshire for his 20th anniversary Eagle Scout reunion. On his way back to town, just before crossing back over the county line, Cornelius spots Jebediah and realizes that Jebediah is driving the wrong way on a one-way road. Never one to pass up the opportunity to harass Jebediah, 
Cornelius pulls him over and gleefully tickets him with driving the wrong way on a one-way road. Jebediah shows up for his court appearance with a county map in hand. He tells Magistrate Myrtle that Cornelius was out of his jurisdiction when he issued the ticket and the case must be dismissed. Dave, who wins? I believe I, this, I know this from being pulled over in Pennsylvania. I got pulled over for going the wrong way on a one way when I was turning around just like five yards in a parking lot. It was like kind of the edge of one. The cop pulled me over, told me it was illegal. Um, I, I think it's, I think it's illegal. I think it was it Jebediah. Yep. Is it Jeb, Jebediah wins. Jeb, Jebediah's in the right. He gets his case thrown out. Right. Well, Dave, you are correct. Woo! Nice job, Dave. Now, winner, uh, of, course, of course, we got a follow-up for you, man. We're, okay. we're not done with you yet, okay? Now, here, here's your follow-up question. You're one for one. Let's see if you can make it two for two. Now, the sheriff from the neighboring county of Northamptonshire puts out an APB for a stolen motor car. And gives a description of a detailed description of the car, including the license plate number. Cornelius is on routine patrol and he sees a car fitting that description. And to his delight, he sees that Jebediah is driving that specific motor car. He pulls Jebediah over and arrests him. Can Jebediah use the same argument and avoid his arrest because the car wasn't stolen in Cornelius' jurisdiction? Does that change anything for you, Dave? Uh I don't think so. I think let, let's say he's still he's still free. Okay. Now on this one, we changed a little fact, but it actually does matter. Um, the fact that there is a warrant, the fact that there's an APB, this officer uh, Cornelius is in fact allowed to make contact with Jebediah and conduct a, a traffic stop on him and possibly detain him so that uh, Johnny Law over in uh, Northamptonshire can catch up and uh, <laughs> follow up with the arrest. I'm laughing because you're laughing, but um, <laughs> it is pretty funny, right? So anyway, I, I, we can't give you the follow-up, but Russ, this is still a winner. I mean, This is you still know, a winner. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. <laughs> when when it's Dave. one out of two, we always round up. So, yeah. uh, Dave. <laughs> it's a McGowan. Five rounds up to ten. Exactly. Yeah, ultimately, Dave, the rule at least in Colorado, is a peace officer has the authority to act in any situation in which a felony or a misdemeanor is being committed, regardless of jurisdiction. However, they don't have the authority to ticket someone for a traffic infraction. So anyone out there, this could vary uh, jurisdiction to jurisdiction. So don't, don't rely on us and start mouthing off to a cop in <laughs> in Pennsylvania or South Carolina. You know, check check your local statutes before you do that. But a lot of places have a similar law to this which prevents that crossover ticketing. But well done. Uh in any in any event. Uh so Dave uh, to conclude the segment, is there anyone you want to give a special shout out to? Any causes that are near and dear to your heart that our listeners should know about? I just want to replug brother down. Really, I want to get the ball rolling on the documentary. Yep. 
the reunion a tour thing for that <laughs> well i mean i remember you know vh1 behind the music approached us and i think we told them look we're way too busy for you guys right now and you know and then the grammy nominations con- you know department contacted us for like for that three years in a row and again we told them look we we're we're not for sale do i have a price tag on my shirt here I'm not selling out, uh, but you know, I think I think what you're getting at, Dave, is that there there's an audience out there that appreciates what Brother Down did for for music generally. Is that what you're getting at? It really is. I mean, it and it was also a time when we were in our early. You must have been mid twenties, me early twenties. I yeah. mean, some of that footage from the original Broloween show, it's out there. Oh man, I know you guys. People can you find guys it if they really wanted to. After this, Hope you guys are. Probably- you guys are probably going to start getting like tens of downloads. I was going to say we might. I'll check our download history after this podcast goes live. We might jump from fifty-five views to fifty-six. We'll see. Right. And that um, is uh, whipping post. Broloween whipping post. Type that into I, your. I, I was at that show. Broloween that was whipping post. that was a yep. good performance. Two thousand eight. Well, let's uh, we'll see what kind of traffic we <laughs> brother day on your youtube channel well dave thank you so much for joining us to play is this legal it's always good to catch up uh, with you and hopefully uh we're going to get the band back together and do some rehearsal soon all right that sounds good you know if you're if you're screwed and you feel like there's nowhere to turn please call habits and account they've bailed me out numerous times quite literally <laughs> thanks <laughs> thanks dave it was a pleasure having you we appreciate Frank it Dino, real real honor you guys take care thank you dave good to see you Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Welcome back. We're going to talk a little bit more about the myriad of legal woes that Alex Murdaugh is facing. Of course, you know, there's obviously the big one. He's uh, on trial for a double homicide right now in South Carolina. And uh, presumably, Russ, the reason that case is going first is because it's the most serious and might take care of a lot of these other problems um, along the way, depending on what the verdict is. Yeah, I, I agree. That's probably why. So I like, by the way, I like the use of the word myriad. I like to think of it as a potpourri of yeah, legal yes. woes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, a smorgasbord. Uh, smor- if you will. <laughs> legal that's like a buffet. Just pick whatever you want. <laughs> I mean, if, if, that's, if, if this is a buffet, Alex is eating it right up. Like I mean, first cafeteria, baby. Dude, I tell you. Um, you remember first cafeteria? I don't. Okay. It used to be cafeteria. It's a restaurant. You just show up with a big tray and load it on. There's no waiter. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Big buffet. Like golden. uh, golden, Yeah, I guess golden. Is it corral? Corral? Cracker barrel? Cracker barrel's not a a buffet. Okay. Golden corral is, I think. Got it. All right. Anyway, enough enough buffet talk. (laughs) Now now I'm hungry. (laughs) (laughs) Why don't we have more buffets in the world? They're the best. All right, so here's the deal. Let's let's go through what he's facing. So we know we talked about sometime after February 2019, after that boat crash from his son, civil lawsuit was filed. That was kind of the first thing that kind of started the avalanche of legal problems. We have in June of 2021, that is when, due to the investigation of Paul and Maggie's murder, That is when police reopened the investigation of that hit-and-run death of Mr. Smith, who was found on the road. So that is still pending right now. That's an open, active investigation. Charges could be filed on that, but right now it's an open investigation. Um, It's not closed, so there could be legal jeopardy there. In September of 2021, 
you have a civil lawsuit filed alleging that Alex pocketed those settlement funds from his housekeeper, Miss Satterfield. So that, you know, his lawyer said that the $4.3 million settlement had been reached, but the sons made a statement that they hadn't received anything yet. Mm. So I don't know if that's actually closed. Well, so, so I saw something too, correct me if I'm wrong. I also saw that SLED, which is an acronym for the South Carolina Law Enforcement Division, who's been investigating all of these crimes, that they are actually reopening the death of Miss Satterfield, and they might have even obtained an exhumation order they, to re-examine her body. They did. They wow. did do both of those things. So they, the, the sons consented to the exhumation. So that is another one of the pending cases that they're looking at right. to see if her death was, in fact, an accidentally, accidental slip and fall or something more nefarious. Mm-hmm. Um, you have the... So he was arrested in 2021 for those fraud and conspiracy charges related to that suicide scheme. So that's when he just handed them his confession and said, yep, I did this. They took um, not that long, about a week, maybe even less, and then arrested him mm-hmm. for that because... Turns out that's a crime. Yeah, you can't. You can't Pretty attempt. Yep, you can't attempt to defraud. You can't steal your housekeeper's son's four point three million dollars. <laughs> well, this one is for the uh, for trying to get yourself killed and then oh. giving your son the ten million dollars. There's so many. I'm getting right? confused. Right, <laughs> there's so many. So that is yeah, that's insurance fraud. Right, you know you you can't do that. Um, so then the one you just talked about, he's charged with stealing the millions of dollars from the sons of Miss Satterfield. That happened October fourteenth. Then you have, he was indicted. He and uh, Crazy Cousin Eddie were indicted by a grand jury on two conspiracy counts. This is in June of, June 28th of 2022, people. He was indicted on two conspiracy counts related to narcotics, including oxycodone. So these charges have nothing to do with that right. murder-suicide scheme. They're just dealing a little opioids on the side. This is right. This is dealing with felony drug possession and distribution charges. So he's got felony drug charges pending. Then we have the murder uh, indictment, which he's in trial for right now. And we still have after the murder indictment in December of 2022. So just roughly two months ago, less than two months ago, while he's preparing for his murder trial, he gets indicted on nine counts of tax evasion related to the um, the the allegations he defrauded a wide range of people. Right. He, he he apparently hasn't uh, dis- declared like six million dollars in taxes due to his liabilities. <laughs> he owes like a half a million dollars. I don't know. It's... Well, I mean, there's there's testimony out there that he was his drug addiction was costing him fifty thousand dollars monthly out of pocket. Wow. So you know, if I'm the prosecutor. You know, that's a pretty good reason why you may want to push old lady Satterfield down the stairs. And collect her life insurance money yep. with the help of another lawyer that you're well connected to. That guy, by the way, I don't remember his name, but that lawyer who assisted in this scheme is also being prosecuted. He's facing charges. But so so here's, here's the criminal, just the criminal summary out right. there for everyone listening. You have fraud and conspiracy charges for hiring Cousin Eddie to kill him, which failed, which was botched. You have fraud and theft charges for pocketing money due to Miss Satterfield's sons. You have tax evasion charges relating to defrauding $8.8 million 
from a wide range of people. You have a grand jury indictment related to opioids, and you have a murder indictment. Fortunately, his defense attorney made a deal with him where he, he basically said, look, I'll try your murder case, and you get two felonies free. Right. So um, he's, he's saving him some money. I mean, he, he, you know, obviously his lawyer knows about that opioid addiction and how the money can just uh, fly away. And so, yeah, you know, he's, he's, he's giving him a little bit of a discount. I mean, he, he hopefully he got I paid I made up. that up. But, uh, <laughs> hopefully he got paid up front. Yeah, because... it's like a frequent flyer discount. Well, there's, there's some incentive to win your first case because right. he's probably not going to get paid on any other ones. Yeah, good, good point. Oh, yeah. You're going to get uh, your lawyer fee paid from prison uh, while your client's serving on a homicide. Good luck with that. Unlikely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and honestly, looking at this, if he gets convicted on two first-degree murder counts, um, who knows if he's even going to get prosecuted for these other cases. If he gets life in prison, what's the point? Of right. of going to trial on any of the uh, these other the drug the fraud the tax evasion any of those are just a whisper on a yeah, scream they're gonna get swallowed up and yeah but um yeah so this is this is obviously uh, a really really difficult time for Alex Murdoch and uh, we're gonna see what happens with this case it, it, this is a huge trial it's taking weeks and weeks I think it's scheduled for like six weeks. Uh, Russ, I think it began about four weeks ago. I think it's got another couple to go. There's been like 250 law enforcement officers testifying, a lot of heavy forensic testimony. We're not going to recap the trial here and the goings on. There's been a lot of stuff. Right. Um, uh, but we'll certainly update uh, once we get results, once we find out what happens. And uh, how, about, how about anyone out there? Let us know if you want us to dig into the trial yeah. and do a podcast on it. That, that's a great point. Is there anything that the judge... Uh, ruled on that, that you wanted some clarification on? Is there any legal issues going on that you want us to talk about? That's what we're here for. Yeah. We're here for you. We're here for you. Yeah. Um, so um, that's what we'll be doing uh, as this trial goes on. So we'll see. We'll wait for the verdict. Hopefully we'll get that in the next couple of weeks and we will update you accordingly. All right, Colin, it is now time for... <laughs> D-C-O-T-W, the Dumb Criminal of the Week. Come, this time we are going international. Oh, we've done that a few times. We have. It's nice we to have take a there, tour of the world occasionally. There's dumb criminals outside of America. <laughs> really? Are you sure? Mo- most of them are in America, <laughs> but there's some outside. So we're going to Netherlands. Mm. So... For the uh, the one guy who downloads our podcast every time from the, <laughs> from the, the Netherlands. Hello, like, good sir, by the way. We see you. <laughs> we really appreciate your support. Here's a shout out to your motherland. <laughs> <laughs> so, so this is in the Netherlands. This is um, street video. Okay? okay. So you see you see in the middle of the night, someone walk along the street wearing a ski mask holding a gallon of gasoline, okay? Although Nothing suspicious about that. Actually, I should say a liter. A l- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're in the Netherlands. I don't know what a gallon is. Right. So this is going to be an arson, okay? So he goes to a phone store. He throws a rock through the window. He kicks out the glass. He climbs in. He takes his liter of gasoline mm-hmm. with him yep. a mere mere seconds later probably like 10 seconds later boom explosion explosion Uh oh 
Like, I mean, a big explosion. Who left out, the pilot out, light out, on. out comes this guy out of the window he just <clears throat> walked in through on fire. Uh oh. Literally on fire. He doesn't stop, drop, and roll either. <laughs> he just he just starts booking it. And he's literally his his shirt is on fire, his ski mask is on fire. I mean, he is he is in some distress. So he runs, maybe smartly, straight to the hospital. Because he's yeah. on fire and he makes needs, sense, right? He needs treatment. <laughs> they're happy to treat him, and they're also happy to notify the police that someone who was on fire just around the corner <laughs> from this attempted arson came in to get treatment. <clears throat> yeah, can you tell us about your night, sir? Well, I was just walking down the road, and all of a sudden, I was ablaze. <laughs> this is this is what spontaneous combustion. Right. This is this is a case, right? Uh, what I just heard was a defense, right? <laughs> Has nothing to do with that arson at the phone store Uh so this this guy was under 18 so no other details were released um because he's a minor okay so he he's just what what was his intent he's not the owner of the store i assume although we don't know i assume he was hired by the owner for insurance fraud wow that would be my uh that would be my guess although i couldn't find anything else on it did he burn the place down Oh yeah, no. This was a big explosion. Like <laughs> this was a successful arson. Okay. Other than him catching himself on fire as well. Do we know? Did insurance pay out? I'm just dying to know. I like. Am, I'm guessing. I wonder if he got not. a cut of that fat action. Yeah, yeah, yeah from juvie. <laughs> right. Although I feel like in the Netherlands, there's no juvie. It's probably like they sit you down with someone to have a very stern talk. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Don't, okay. Don't do this again. So, uh, do we know how we don't know the mishap that caused no. him to? Uh, you don't know if he no. like lit a cigarette or something really, really dumb, right? We okay. just know it was uh, whatever happened. He was careless, and he ended up causing a giant explosion with him right there. I guess you could say he got burned. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh man, that was all set up for that, so, right? Some sometimes the job's just too hot for you to handle. <laughs> Real scorcher, Russ. I think this is a good one. So, of course, what we need to do is uh, rate this guy, rate this clown on a scale from one to five knuckleheads. Um, I'm going to shave one knucklehead off since he actually accomplished his goal of the arson. <laughs> I think it matters to me. The guy yeah. set out with his leader of p- petrol. Right. P- petrol. <laughs> nice. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, walks in. I mean, job half done, right? The the problem is he didn't make a clean getaway. He didn't. Yeah. He couldn't get away uh, unscarred, uh, as they said. Yeah, um, I give him no credit for that because you know the whole intent was to like get this place burned without uh, without detection. Yeah, okay. yeah. So I'm giving him five. I mean, you're dealing with combustible fluids, and you blow, you put, set yourself on fire, mm-hmm. like, and then and then. I mean, I don't know how bad his injuries were, but then you go to the hospital, like where you're clearly going to get contacted yeah, we'd, we'd like by to law know more about uh, what happened and what brought you here today. Yeah, could, yeah. Pl- he didn't stop, drop, and roll. Like he didn't put the fire out immediately. <laughs> he just went like a flaming Dutchman around the corner. <laughs> like, I mean, like five, five, five for okay. me. So you get a nine total. Yeah, that's a good. That's that's not good though. Yeah, nine's, that's... nine's bad, buddy. <laughs> um, so good thing. Good thing we don't have your name. 
and actually, since we don't have your name, we're, we're just going to make one up. Okay, you're, you're Dutch, so great job, Horfenheifer Deutscheldorf. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's German, isn't it? it it's um, probably German, but <laughs> let's, let's go with it. Okay, Horfenheifer. Uh, just, you know, consider yourself shamed. Flurfenflaven. <laughs> All right. Are we having fun here yet? We are. Uh, so that's going to do it for us on Is This Legal? Um, let us know uh, what you guys think about Alex Murdaugh. Let us know if you have any questions. Let us know if we got anything wrong in the resuscitation of re- resuscitation recitation, recitation. Of, fact, uh, of facts in this case because we probably did. There's so much here, um, but it's a big case. We'll follow it and we will update you once we get a verdict. Um, Russ, where can people find us? You can find us on Facebook at Habits McAllen, on Twitter is this legal pod, or you can email us at denvercrimelaw at gmail dot com. Yeah. Y'all have a great day. We will see you on down the road. You've been listening to Is This Legal? See you next time. 